Welcome to Gloom Guide. I'm Random Wolf, and today we're taking a different approach. We're going to be talking about a horror movie, a follow-up to the famous Shining, um, a Stephen King classic that he also classically did not like himself, Dr. Sleep, though. Dr. Sleep is something that I really, I, and I hate to be punny, slept on. I wanted to see it when it came out, but I was at a point in time where I didn't have the time to watch it and just kept putting it back and. <laughs> My God, I'm glad I finally watched it because it has been on my mind ever since I watched. So joining me today, post-matrimony, is Inkle back from the wedding fatigue, and he is tired as a mother effer. So, Talking about sleep. That's me, Sleepy Boy Express. We're going to do some uh, ASMR tingles for horror. I'm going to get near with my microphone, and we're going to go... We're going to take that uh, cheese grater to your to your calf now and uh, really... That's for a later date, my friend. Oh, that's right. That's for the upcoming Evil Dead Rise viewing uh, that has been postponed. Be going into the wedding and you're, for those who uh, are either new listeners for God or just don't think about the pain that Costco did to his body a couple weeks ago. Um, hey, you still remember the words, right? <laughs> tell me. Speak the words. Klaatu. <laughs> Karata. <laughs> Nectar? Yeah. Nectar? Nectarine? N-word, but not the one you're thinking. Oh, uh, nar- that's Nari. Nari. That's the one I was thinking of. Nari. Nari. Oh, man. No, what man. Movie, yeah, dude. Uh, look, man, like... First and foremost, I, I grew up reading a lot of Stephen King books, like many people who read them younger than the average audience should. But that was the joy of having access to a really good library. Um, so many things like I remember being very young reading things like Pet Cemetery and all that, too, which definitely spending so many minutes reading the uh, contents of a medicine cabinet as Stephen King is wont to over describe every effing thing that he can. Yeah, he might not be able to write an ending. And he could certainly go over the fucking contents of the medicine cabinet like nobody else. But every other book he writes is usually gold, though. He could write a story. And uh, yeah, Pet Cemetery, especially, is one actually you read recently. And kind of like <laughs> you saying, you slept on Doctor's Sleep. Uh, yeah, Pet Cemetery. Oi. So, yeah, so. Ha- I've been in a bad, and I, it's a habit. I don't know if I want to call it bad or good. Uh, can I, as you know this, but the audience may not, I consume media at a, like a massive rate, YouTube, reading, watching. But in the years past during our friendship, I watched a lot of movies, but we've moved to where so much quality, cinematic qualities moved to television. And so that's either been where I've been. And also I love a lot of anime and I consume a lot because I like to have things where I can really focus. Like, honestly, it's not always to the benefit of the content I'm viewing is I want something that I can split my thought between what's going on and what I want to keep doing on my computer or other work, which a really good film, I feel it does a disservice if I watch it and do work. It's hard to do. I mean, it's kind of funny how we've done that role reversal where I myself used to be the guy that was watching like anime and TV series. You still haven't watched Braveheart. Yes, but that's for another time. I do not want to discuss the lack of Braveheart. I do not trust the Mel Gibson. Don't well, like that, 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 this is long before Mel Gibson really showed his... Uh... I never said I was... Hey, these people are following me, okay? I've never liked that man. There was something off-putting about him, okay? <laughs> oh, shit. But, um, but Dr. Sleep, would, especially like... 
I don't, I, I've fallen off on a lot of enjoying, I, I'm actually kind of excited about this journey going back through some of what may be, at least in this area, good, good horror. Now that remains to be seen. I mean, I'm not here to, to me, whether it's good or not, as long as I enjoy it is what matters. But I will say, I really found Dr. Sleep to be good horror, like a really good, the tone hit me in the right place. I was listening late at night with my headphones that I'm wearing right now on, um, really in the right vibe, the music, everything coming in and, and, and in a way that just that Stephen King storytelling and having a guy like Ewan McGregor and, and the, and, and the, and the main girl, she just, I'm not talking about Rose the hat. I'm talking about, and I, I, and I'm brain farting on the name of the main character girl at the moment. Uh, Abra, there it is. Abra. I thought she was so gifted for her age. She was literally 13 when that movie was filmed. Oh yeah. She did a fantastic job. I mean, that, that was, that movie's full of heavy hitters. And she, uh, she definitely carried her own on that movie. Dude. So for me, what I appreciated is I don't, okay. The thing is I enjoyed this movie and, and maybe for some people will say sacrilege and get pissy. I enjoyed this more, far more than reading or watching the shining. And here's why. Yeah. I think I, oh, think no, I had no. more fun with it myself too. So, I, See the, I love The Shining. I've, I've fallen asleep to The Shining many a time. It was comfort food for me. And Dr. Sleep was... I was also a, a late adopter to the movie, although about a year or so before you. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how much I loved it. Right. I mean, so one of the things I think about and why is... I'm not trying to say that fundamentally that this movie is better than a Stanley Kubrick classic or the classic Stephen King work. I'm not trying to go down that fucking rabbit hole at all. For me, it's the sh- it's, the, it's you know like they say it's like I stand on the on the shoulders of giants when you achieve something great. I think that the doc- that Doctor Sleep gets to be so good because we love the pathway and foundation built by The Shining itself. Whereas I don't think that for me, my mind doesn't backtrack it the same way. Like we're I don't think of The Shining being better because of Doctor Sleepness. Like it's it's, it's it seems like a one way mental scenario for me at this moment, at the least. Is is because I get to see the things I wanted more for what happened with Danny Torrance, his the evolution of his power and people like that. What the shine really meant, because there's so much going on that was that was that was through Jack's experience in The Shining. That I don't think we got to really think about Danny the the man until now. Oh yeah, like it was a good take on, you know what that does to a person, how he basically hides his demons, how he actually handles literal demons, you know, well, whether he drowns them or, you know, keeps them away and sealed boxes in his mind. It was just watching his character growth. Right. So you, you tend to that, like the drowning part of it. Uh, it was interesting, like how Rose the hat, which is for me, one of the more engaging villain villainesses of a for a while. It's not that she, it, don't, don't get me wrong. She is frightening. But it's her presence. It's the it's Rebecca Ferguson, the way she carries herself in this, the nuance in her expressions just really got oh. me. But to finish the one for one moment, to finish what I was gonna say on this is the way she references him muddying up his shine, dimming his light, so to speak. So that's why they didn't notice his power. Because Danny apparently is a powerhouse in his own right, as we get reminded in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was utterly fascinated. She was like elegant in the way she spoke but it's something that you you kind of you wanted to keep a distance away from her as a character because she's she was dangerous but you couldn't help but peer around the corner and watch her oh 
she's a, she, she's an acting version of a car accident that you rubberneck at. You just can't help, even though it's mortifying what's happened. It starts in that first, I mean, that opening fucking scene, dude. She's sitting there by the water with her hat out and little Violet walks up and she's like pl- like testing her psychic powers by getting her to guess like the, the entrapment of this. And then the little, when, when she guesses the color, the subtle little upturn of a smile that she gives now, I don't is, know about you, but you get a sense of her kind of like playing with her food in a way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She she is a sadistic bitch. Oh, yeah. It shows later when she's finally like kids gloves are off and she just releases her true nature or unleashes her true nature. She's someone who I, I and, you know, I mean, we could we could explore like where her, how much of her humanity at this point is, is long gone and also how much of a superiority complex does she get from this existence? Like we never get to find out how long she's lived. Mm-hmm. We understand that the old timer has been around. He's seen pharaohs and all this other shit, you know, Roman. Like we've seen, he's, he's seen Caesars and things like that. So we know he's been around. I tend to think that she's been around for a while. Yes. And speaking of the old timer, his death scene was Ooh. weirdly, like really creepy how they handled that, where he's kind of like at the death rattles, but just amplified by 11. And how they also consume his own people, consume his essence after the fact. Yeah, just what whatever's left of him, do they just consume it? But no, I mean, and and I don't use the term bitch lightly. I know that some people find that incredibly offensive, and I respect that. However, Rose the Hat is absolutely that moniker. She's not. I don't think of her as a woman. I think of her as a monster. So to be clear, to be clear, like this is not a normal thing. I want to 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 assign to any normal person. This is a different kind of breed. This is a person who literally will look a child in the eye. And saying that the fear purifies the screams and the screams, I mean, and, and the the uh, the steam that they that they ingest from those who have the light as they take this young teenage boy and literally flay him alive. So yeah, yes, a, she's a bitch. Through and through. Yeah, she's a. Th- this is a monster. This is not a human. No, long since gave up her humanity, which we also see when they deal with us with with the girl, the snake bite girl, and. Uh, how it's like you're you're no like you're no longer going to be she's like am i going to be human and it's like does it matter no i mean they they gave up whatever was human in them for this vampire it's it's like an to me it's almost a really interesting spiritual vampire that we see mm-hmm. it's very much the psychic vampire in a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which to me it, it's, it's such it's such an interesting subversion because we get so used to the mm, I'm gonna suck your blood the blah 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 like almost parody of fucking Goddamn Dracula. You have these people that are like, I wouldn't say all powerful, but they have these. They're like a hippie commune too. Well, just the, the people that like embrace the shining and that have the shine. They, you know, these psychic individuals, and you know, they kind of sleep, you know, stand on the radar and everything. But it's an interesting thing that there is something else that's higher up on the food chain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Them, you know, sh- looking for them. What I liked is they they actually had a kind of like I, I would love to see more of this, but they did kind of like like there's a pusher, for example, someone who will push something you're thought to you you're calm, you trust us, we're your friends, kind of person. There's different manipulations and use of like astral projection and like there's so many different. I would have loved to seen a bigger. I, I know that I, this, of course, in a movie. I, I think that this movie was long enough, and adding this would have been too much. But there's a part of me that would have loved to seen in this universe more dives into. The, the different psychic archetypes. Oh, there was definitely a hint of like a power set. So I, I don't know. It was, it was pretty cool. Their approach to that kind of, 
respecting the work that came before it, but and mm. an evolution of it. Because you see, you have like Danny with some of his telekinetic abilities. You have him be able to actually take possession of Abra's body when she's drugged. You have these things that he can do, but they can, like he's got interesting tricks that they don't have per se. Um, Rose has her own. Oh man. I just there's so many interesting visual things that that I, I think she is the most iconic part of this movie in terms of just silhouettes and visual movement. The grocery scene, like where she, like the different dude, even okay, even the fact the first time she tries to invade Abra's mind and Abra turns it back on her. Oh yeah, I was smiling from ear to ear at that scene, just kind of watching her fall for the various traps, kind of Home Alone esque in a weird way. Oh yeah, she goes in there and she's sitting there arrogant talking of the thing where she goes in and there's the files, like kind of like a filing cabinet situation for Ab, you know, Abra being a child. And she's like kind of like kind of like child. My I, my 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 mind is cathedral. And then to actually see Abra trap her hand and that that was kind of that was one of those scenes. There's actually not a lot of mangled or gross things. That actually watching her hand get mangled actually had me cringing a bit. Yeah, uh, same. It was definitely a little rough. As someone who's ha- as someone who's hand ha- you know been tr- you know, like, you know been clamped into things and stuff, but uh, and to you see know me, it's anything with like the digits, so le- you know lower yeah. legs, hands, you know, yeah, will get me. Yes, and then you see Abra invade her space, the literal cathedral of like library, and just completely not like for her not to know what Abra got her hands on in her mind. Oh man, or to from so far away in the grocery store scene, literally like sh- shuck her back and just like sh- like this i mean rose is one of is, is, pre- is presented very early as being the powerhouse of their troop oh absolutely and yeah, to get handled like this she's de- definitely the badass boss lady through and through i mean her troop all have their own you know various powers you had the one guy that was really good at tracking and um, mm-hmm. she she just definitely she uh she brought it she absolutely did, man. Um, I think for me, on a, on a personal level, you know, we talk about different different storytelling things. I felt it was effective for the story, but it's one of the things that tears my heart more into pieces is that Danny is basically a lot of time. It's the whole, you know, my my feeling of I want to be my own person. I don't want to be my father. Uh, if anything, I'd rather be, I, I love that I t- have ten more to have more in common with my mother, even for whatever flaws that brings. So seeing Danny in his own way wrestle with and have to persevere through his own father's struggles with alcohol and substance and how we have to deal with that scene. We, when we just talked about what we were together this weekend, but the, the bar scene. Absolutely. Just how it mirrors the same scene in the shining. So well done. And just the, the this, this, the pain of, in this sense, it's like the idea that his father's still trapped in this in this role, and that in some ways he gave in. Like the difference between, in a lot of ways, Jack gave in. Jack was weak. I mean, his madness was his because he fell into weakness, which 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 a lot of us are weak to the darkness. And having Danny having to accept his darkness and accept what he's mis- his mistakes he's made. I mean, geez, dude. The, I mean, we're talking about like a man who literally scarred. Look what happened with the. Uh, the addict chick and that he, that he had slept with and then he put the baby next to, and then they're literally communicating as, as deceased with him. Oh, that was so, that hit me. Like when you told me there was some scene that might get me, I had not yet got to the, the the baseball kid being flayed. So I thought this might've been what you were talking about because it it was a, it was a very close second, if not pretty on par. I think it, I think it has a little bit more of an emotional punch 
but you know the visceral scene of the baseball kid is definitely- yeah his suffering is more ten- and more physically tangible uh I-, I think the idea of I think what hit me hard. I, I think for me, it hit me harder. The the, the baby and the lady because he fucked her. They had they he almost stole from her. Oh, yeah. uh, if, if it weren't for his you know apparition, uh, you know from from you know, from his his basically shine guider, guidance counselor of sorts, um, that guilted him. But in the end, he still placed the child there, and it's like the whole they haven't found our bodies yet. And then the baby like cro- like necrotic baby crying stuff that that visual actually fucked with me more than anything else in the movie. If we're being honest again, yeah, I'm weak up. to family stuff as has been established in a lot of episodes of the narrated stuff. Yeah, it's, it was something like, and I just loved how character driven, you know, it's a horror movie through and through, but it's just like every character has their own kind of story their own fights, their own struggles. I mean, even the Overlook Hotel, that's, that's something I really liked about in The Shining. And I think I thought they explored it a little bit too as well in the Doctor Sleep is the Overlook Hotel itself is a character all on its own. And they really the took advantage of, of doubling down on that, yeah. The poor souls trapped within, including basically his own father. Who's, it's a very tragic story about what happened to Jack Torrance. Mm-hmm. And to kind of see that explored and to see him trying not to fall for his father's, you know, the same traps his father does fell into was, it was interesting to watch. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it's, 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 they did a good job of, of, of again, doubling down on the character that was established in the shining as the overlook hotel being what it was. They didn't come, they didn't jettison it. They, they used it to affect, they, I mean, there's so many allegorical things about even like grieving and mental health things. And when, even though, like, even though it's a psychic technique that worked, boxing and deal, like, it, if these were his monsters and they were his own mental monsters, if these are his own trauma, putting them in boxes and burying them would absolutely not be the way to handle it because they all these things all because right. much like in the movie, they all surface again. They and they consume you. They can they literally try to consume him after the fact. Yes, but boy, oh boy, letting those resurface again was so satisfying with Rose picking at it. Mm-hmm. Literally look at it and goes, what do we have here? Just the curiosity taken over it. It's it's something very, very dangerous. I love the hedge maze use. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the hedge maze is definitely. Or she doesn't realize that they're not in Ab- they're not in Abra's mind. They're in Danny's mind, and she doesn't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. Oh man, just well done. So good. Absolutely. I definitely go back. Again, I know I uh, I missed out on the director's cut version, which I think added another thirty minutes, and it's it's already a long enough movie as is. But I've heard yeah, it's like two and a half hours. Yeah, it does nothing but enhance it. So I no, think I'll I have to give it enough time. So I think that's I'm due for a rewatch on that. Well, and you mentioned like the the uh, the personal horror stuff. Um, I think I think it's one of the issues where I, I actually have with so much horror as I've gotten older, where I want more character driven work. Um, there's so many because, dude. I mean, yeah, I think like I'm 40, so a lot of what I grew up with would have been stuff from the 70s and 80s, especially. You know, most of that stuff that was established. Some of the classics are amazing, but they're also classic and tropey, right? They're. I'm not here to shit on the amazing. Like I again, I like Chains, Texas Chainsaw Massacre does give me a little something because you get some characterization with the friends and the traveling. There's some. There's some of that thing that we get in these movies. 
but it took it took a good while for us to start getting regular um movies that had like almost like a psychological study of this all like like for me i always go back to like one of my first biggest pivotal ones with, for that had that was like seven where you really dive in mm-hmm. to to all that yeah so good and I, I think you know it helps having this movie especially you know and capable hands such as mike flanagan who you know i've seen several of his works it's funny like a year or two before he did another Stephen King adaption of Gerald's game, which was not quite as strong, I'd say, but definitely really good in its own. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing how he can approach a lot of this character driven, you know, these stories, like I, as I, we had mentioned earlier before we even recorded us, you know, a week or two ago about you need to watch, you know, midnight mass, which is just very dialogue heavy. But it's just, it, it doesn't pull its punches. And some of my favorite jump scares ever are in that television show. Just mm-hmm. So good. So good. So haunting. No, and, and, and you know, turning that, and then it made me think of like Ratchet about Nurse Ratchet from Once One Flits Full Over the Cuckoo's Nest that I want to go. There's a few of these things I really want to touch on, like in like the Netflix side of it all. Um, and some other streaming services have a few good uh, horror based type shows. Um, but no, man, it, it's, it's, it's these kind of ones that really get me where you, where you can feel that connection to some of it. Um, because when I think of like, say like some of the Stephen King ones, like that we're, we're talking about Rose, the hat as this, the preeminent villain here, if you don't count the overlook hotel itself, um, but Pennywise and it and things like that, right. Is while scary in their power, it's the mind games. It's all this, it's, it's the, to me, there's something more frightening and but viscerally acceptably real, even though we're talking about something fantasy and horror based than say like Jason Voorhees following me through a forest as a, and how is he catching me? He's just this, I mean, you know, like there's, there's the, the, the horror tropes of Michael Myers, Jason is something that they follow greatly in that way that it's something that entertained me, but it's also pretty fucking stupid too, right? Like, okay. If you, if he walks like that, Jason's not catching me. I'm sorry. Especially in my, my heyday of running, like, like he's gonna, he's in the moment. Like, how is him walking gonna catch me if I'm going a straight line? You know what I mean? Like, it, there was a, a lot more suspending disbelief for me to have this happen. That happened then. Oh, hey, I can accept that somebody that they're that somebody with psychic powers would be a dangerous motherfucker, especially if they're like a psychic vampire to other people with psychic energy. Like, that's absolutely horrifying to me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've cut my teeth on '80s horror and same, and 90s same. Gore. But this way, those are my. Those are some of my favorite movies to watch, just, you know, because they're fun, they're dumb, they're campy. Sometimes I like a good, you know, just shitty horror movie. And not necessarily like the Jason movies, not saying those are shitty, like Friday the 13th is fucking awesome. A lot of fun. But I think the thing we're talking about is has a shitty component to like, you're accepting something silly. Exactly. And I'm I'm in it for the entertainment value. Yeah, I'm going to get a little scared. I'm going to have laughs. I'm going to, you know, I can believe in disbelief, but something like, Doctor Sleep or Midnight Mass or Nope, which you'll be watching here soon, as we discussed, it just grabs you. It draws you in. You're, you know, it's a, it's very much like you said that car wreck you've seen that you can't help but stare at. There's something. Those movies, I think, stick with you mm-hmm. more than any others. Well, yeah, because the other ones they stick with. Like, let's let's be honest. Those other ones who I cut my teeth on, it's because they're established classics and they shaped my youth is why they're so viscerally in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the campy weird, there's a reason why 
I would say like Freddy Krueger scared me more as a child than Jason because Jason seemed as even as a kid, it was like, okay. But the idea of somebody hurting you in your dreams where my mind would think, oh God, imagine the power of imagination and all this other shit really messed with me more, even though it's equally as good, perhaps even more goofy. We're thinking like dream warriors and other things. and Dream warriors or, you know, I think it was Friday the 13th, the fifth one where he's playing with the NES and fucking with the dude. But, you know, it's kind of like where it approaches that. I, I agree. I, I found Freddy Krueger infinitely more terrifying than Jason Voorhees just because he can get you where you thought you were the safest. Well, and you know, maybe it's one of the other things is, you know me, I don't think like, I don't think of myself as there's very few times in life. I felt physically like somebody was going to overwhelm. I think it's the mental part. It's the, I fear things inside my head. I fear somebody trying to take, like when I think of the uh, psyching vampire, that kind of shit scares me more mm-hmm. than yes. I understand Jason is a powerhouse, but in my mind, it's like, Big pe- fight, physical physical altercations don't scare me the same way as the metaphysical the uh, or the 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 soul based psychic type shit. Oh yeah, spiritual magic. However, like all these different ways we can go down the line, that seems a lot more unnerving and vul- there's a vulnerability that I feel to that. Then yeah, the average person, I'm not. There's not too many times I'm worried about getting my like get, getting myself sorted in a physical way that way. Well, there's the whole idea of like. You know, you're you you yourself. You believe, oh, it's just a dream. Mm-hmm. I can wake up, but is that the case? Will you wake up? Yeah, no, just... no. But alternatively, Texas Chainsaw Massacre scared me because of my rootedness into being in Texas, and because other there was a lot of people who would talk about like Junction, Texas, which was only like a couple hours away, where we actually played them in sports growing up was one of the, where people believe like the real type things that this was based off of really existed. So like knowing that like, like living in towns, especially before everything developed more out here where you'd be driving and see these little gas stations, barbecue places that made you think of the one from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you imagine what it would have been like in the seventies and sixties and beyond. And like, like the family of cannibals and, uh, well, I mean, especially I think it was the way they approached the release of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I believe they treated it like it was like this was this is true events and so on. And Much so like on. that with Blair Witch here many years later, like they actually, yeah. Yeah, it just, you know, at the height of a time when it was very dangerous and it was believable. Well, and, and the thing is, we live in a time now where we, we believe less of things than ever before. But the funny thing is, I mean, you're, I think we live in a history where in our own country we've had witch trials, we've had other things. Um, people have done really fucked up things throughout history. So thinking that people literally would could be murderers and cannibals and things in another's area is um, something we can, especially in like, think about like saying that this is based off of real events and going to theater in the 1970s where we have not been numbed by what we see on TV. Very. I mean, right now, if you take what we can do on our phones right now, we make a fake video and we take it to the 1950s, people literally explode from from what they, they they're not they're going to see this magical. Defi- they're going to be like accepting anything. We'd blow their fucking minds. It'd be in a fucking asylum the very next day. I mean, you literally could take Doctor Sleep and show it to somebody. Look, look, what Rose of the Hat did. And they're like, witches are real. Oh my god, so fucking witches are real. Oh. You know, you know that kind yeah, of thing. I mean, an old priest. Hi. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know, man, like uh, getting back on track and kind of getting towards like kind of queuing up to some of our final thoughts, at least for, I'm sure we'll re-repeat and talk about things because I think this is an impactful movie and I think it bears conversation that will tie to other films and movies and shows we talk about. 
Um, I got to be honest, man. I don't tend to do like rating systems. I'm not trying to give a rating, but I'm going to say if I'm saying awesome versus not awesome or did I enjoy it versus not enjoy it, I think it's very clear. I fucking really, really enjoyed this film. Oh, 100%. Definitely behind that thought. Because I, I too don't really fall within the rating of systems. You know, like if it's you know, three out of five stars here or two thumbs up. I just, it's definitely a movie I think that's fantastic. Well, I think we're seeing too much with critics trying to give everything like a fucking score, like checking all the boxes where I think it's funny. Cause like our, like, you know, you know, of Ben and other people that I talk, we talk about. Um, and I see some of their move, like some of the people are actually in the business or people who talk about these films. It's a lot more as who the fuck cares what rotten tomatoes or anyone else says it's more, is, is, is there somebody you trust that has a similar palette that says that they had fun? It, it, the court, like, dude, I think about things like, for example, I was growing up last action here was an absolute shit show movie that I loved as a kid and still think is awesome. And it's definitely a shit show, but it's, it's fun. Funny. It's good. I remember, you know, several years ago when I mentioned I had never seen it, we queued it up and I had an absolute fucking blast watching that movie. And this is coming from someone who's a huge Schwarzenegger fan. And good God, man, I'm still upset. I didn't watch it when I, when I did as a kid, but I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much as I did as an adult. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing is, I, and, and sometimes I get in this fact where like, I feel bad because I'll be like, Oh, people said this movie was awful when Tiff and I are getting ready to watch something we were excited for. And we still enjoy it. Now we, I, may, I might want to go in with more cautious expectations, I, I think, but I, I think it's weird when everyone expects everything to be like when people who don't like horror or suspense mystery and all these other things go in to review it and they give it a fucking like 20 out of 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, you shouldn't even fucking be reviewing this because oh, you're, you're not you're not reviewing it for what it is. You were never the it's, it, it's like me saying that it's not for you. No, it's it's like me going, you know, for, for like for a musical, this was uh, this was good, but I don't like musicals, so it's bad. I mean, I like Yelp reviews. I remember this, this Yelp review on a place out of Austin that a friend's uh a friend's brother ran literally it's only non five-star review with somebody going the food, the service, everything's five-star. I just find that it's the, the venue is too, like my seating area was too, too compact and tight. They literally create the, these intimate pockets in this place where it's meant to by design be closer for you and your people, but also give you privacy from others. So she's literally reviewing it poorly for the thing that they are celebrated for by everyone else. And horror gets that a lot. People who love horror are like, this is fucking amazing. And then all of a sudden someone's like, mm, I don't like that. And I'm like, well, go right. shut. like go review like whatever Oscar bait movie that I end up watching and thinking is dog shit anyway. Um, so I mean, I feel bad. It's like, Oh, do I have a bad palate? I mean, all these Oscar and award-winning movies, I think suck big fat junky ball sack. Tanuki balls. It's true. It is the children who are wrong. Yeah. The children are our future and they must be stopped. Oh, oh yes. But no, um, highly recommend for any, I mean, look, if you don't like, I mean, I think that Dr. Sleep's one of those that really can straddle the line between people who don't always watch horror that just enjoy something that messes with your head a little, like some suspense and tension. If you like something that's a little bit more on the uh, spiritual slash psychic spectrum of, of like of, of film, I think you're going to enjoy this. You don't have to just be a pure horror fan because again, it's not, this is very few things that are incredibly gory about this flick. No, it's definitely, it's, it's cerebral more than anything. And yeah. if you have the time, Definitely recommend watching it. Absolutely. Well, man, um, we, like you said, mentioned Nopes on the agenda and Evil Dead Rise are coming up. And don't want to get get too excited because I'm putting phobias to the side, as I said to you before we got in. I think I want to explore that in a little bit more research and build up a bigger one for that. But I would love to talk about some kaiju stuff coming up. I think, uh, I think, I, I, fucking, I hate Kylo, dude. 
Oh, oh kaiju. Shit. Kaiju. kaiju. Oh, yes, yes. That, that I like. I, I got to be honest. Um, after we get through some of these horror films, I, I think that uh, kaiju in general terms and then actually a few explorations on kaiju-based films or like culture things. Death, I think there's definitely a few things we're going to come back to the well on because when I think kaiju, man, I'm thinking not just Godzilla and King Kong. I'm, th- I'm thinking of movies that I really enjoyed, like Pacific Rim. Um, the first one more than the second, but uh, the anime oh, wasn't bad. Um, but one it just, of my first exposures to, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm really into the Korean cinema right now. And The Host is a, is a kaiju movie through and through. It's so well done. And yeah, oh yeah. But not to say... I'm always down for some Godzilla if you're down for some Godzilla. Oh, absolutely. I, I think when I start with Kaiju, kind of tying it even with what we did with Dr. Sleep, and people ask, Kaiju and Dr. Sleep? It's the cerebral part of it because there's an existential dread that I get in the idea of what people could do in my mind, but also there's an existential dread when I think of something like Pacific Rim or Godzilla or these massive behemoths and feeling so small in the world and so vulnerable. Um so to me, there's these common threads in some of these pieces in who we can like what like who we are in this moment. I mean, how do you rise to the challenge? You do you give if you're Danny Torrance, do you give in and accept your shine and fight back? If you're a human being small, in our case, our answer is usually getting into big F and fucking robots and fighting back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's always the answer. But with that, my friend, thanks for joining me again. Um, look forward to the next gloom guide and like ever the rest of you, we'll walk into the darkness together because the best things are done together and the worst things, and especially in horror, being alone. And that's definitely something we saw with Dr. Sleep and we see with so many things is Rose the Hat took this on alone and soloed out and she could not fight the, the horde of the Overlook Hotel. She couldn't take on Danny Torrance nor Abra. So power numbers, my friends, power numbers. The reason I'm going to walk into the dark is because I'm fucking tired and I need some sleep. Oh my goodness. Well, my friend, I will see you on the other side. All right, everyone, take care.